Hey there, Kelly here. Guests on the show share so many great ideas, but how do you start putting them into practice? Well, that's exactly what you'll explore when you sign up for the podcast weekly newsletter. Each week, you'll get three ideas from past guests sent straight to your inbox. You'll explore materials, techniques, tools, concepts, and mindsets in bite-sized pieces so that you can think about them and fold them into your own practice. It's completely free and you get it by signing up at learntopaintpodcast.com slash newsletter. Hello and welcome to the Learn to Paint Podcast, the show where we work to answer the question, how do you get better at painting? I'm your host, Kelly Ann Powers. And in this week's mini episode 39, we are tackling perspective. But first, if you love the show, there are a few ways to support it. Most take less than a minute. First, hit like and subscribe wherever you listen. If you've got a few more moments to spare, leave a review of the show in your app. These reviews help a ton. And if you're in a place where you can support financially, click the Patreon link at learntopaintpodcast.com support. There are three support tiers, each with their own thank yous, including early access and bonus conversations. And to everyone listening today, thank you for listening to the show. Okay, on to this week's episode. If you want it, there are ways to create a sense of distance in your paintings. It's called perspective, and if you paint representationally, and even if you don't, it's a useful tool to have to create a sense of depth. It's easy to think that perspective is only for landscape painters or people painting large distances, but perspective is a tool for anyone, and it's also just a useful thing to know to problem solve if your painting isn't working. So first, let's talk about what perspective is. When you're standing at a ridge overlooking rolling hills covered in trees, you have a sense of what's close and what's far. But your brain is doing that by reading a series of visual cues. You don't actually know that something is far. You haven't necessarily hiked it or measured it with a yardstick. You and your brain are using visual cues to place things in space. And as an artist, you can use those same visual cues to create a similar sensation in your work. There are several types of perspective, including linear perspective, one-point, two-point, three-point, multi-point perspective, atmospheric or aerial perspective, and Carolyn Lord even talked in episode 21 about a third color perspective. Perspective tools don't all require a ruler, although you may want one for linear perspective. The one I want to talk about today requires no ruler. It's atmospheric or aerial perspective, and whether you are a landscape painter, a figure painter, or a still life painter, it's something you can use immediately to create a sense of depth in your work. Now, depth doesn't have to be miles and miles kind of depth. If a figure is turning his face away from you, one eye will be closer to you than the other eye. Understanding the tools of atmospheric perspective can help you make one of those eyes appear just slightly further away than the other. So what is atmospheric or aerial perspective? It has a couple of names, all use primarily atmospheric perspective. Thinking back to that ridge overlooking trees, four main things are happening when you look out across that landscape. There is a visual difference between the objects closest to you and the objects furthest away. Why is this happening? Atmospheric perspective happens because there are particles in the air, and you look through those particles when you look out into a landscape. The further something is, the more particles you have to pass through 
to see the object, and this changes how the object looks. Objects closest to you are warmer than the objects further away. They are darker in value than the objects further away. Closer objects are more saturated than those further away. And finally, objects closest to you have more contrast than objects further away. Basically what I'm saying is that there's a value change, a temperature change, a saturation change, and a contrast change in something close and something that is far. And you can use those visual cues in your own painting. Let's first look at how color temperature changes in an object as it moves through space. Color temperature is a great way to place objects in space. But what do I mean when I say color temperature? Colors are generally either warm or cool. If you look at a color wheel, warms are on one side and cools are on the other. Warms include reds, oranges, and yellows, think fire and lava. While cool colors consist of blue, green, and purple, think an ocean full of cool water. But color is relative, so yes, a red is warmer than a blue. But what happens if you have a cadmium red next to a quinacridone magenta? Within a single color family, you also have warm and cool. So cadmium red is going to be warmer than quinacridone magenta. And that's because of where it sits on the color wheel. Cadmium red sits closer to the oranges, and quinacridone magenta sits closer to the blues. As you learn your color wheel, you'll learn how each individual color leans, warm or cool. And this will come in handy with atmospheric perspective. So, if you look out into that landscape of rolling hills, the hills closest to you will be warmer than the ones further away. But practically speaking, what does that mean if the hills are covered in green trees? As an artist, you can make the green of the trees closest to you warmer and the trees further away cooler. Again, warm colors come towards you, cooler colors recede. You do this by color mixing. The greens closest to you could have just a bit more yellow in the mixture, and the trees further away could have just a bit more blue. Warmer colors come forward, cooler colors recede. This is true for more than just trees. Let's say you are painting a parade filled with people in the same red marching band uniform. If you want to create a sense of depth, you could make the uniforms closest to you a warmer red than the ones further away. From a mixing standpoint, you might add a touch of orange to those close reds, and to the ones further back, a mixture that involves just a touch of blue. If you paint florals and you have a bouquet filled with the same flower and color, make the ones closest to you just a bit warmer than the ones in the back of the bouquet. And when I say a bit, I mean that. The eye is sensitive, and so it doesn't take much for a change to really push something cooler back and pull something warmer forward. So again, warmer colors come forward and cooler colors recede. Next on the list is saturation. Saturated colors come forward while less saturated colors recede. What is saturation? Saturation is how bright or dull your color is. Pigments are their most saturated coming straight from the tube, but you can desaturate a color by adding white or black or gray or by adding its opposite color also known as a complement. So orange and blue gray each other out. They neutralize each other. Orange and blue are complements. Red and green neutralize each other out because red and green are complements. Same with purple and yellow. 
Each of those pairs sits opposite from each other on the color wheel, and they will neutralize each other out. This is useful to know when you want to use saturation to create a sense of distance in your work. Let's look at the rolling hills of trees again. They're all the same type of tree. They're the same green. But visually speaking, the brightest greens will be those greens closest to you. And as those hills move further back and take the trees with them, the green will become less saturated. So how do we mix this? Let's say, for this example, you start with a green straight out of the tube. That's what you use to paint the trees closest to you. But then as you paint those trees further and further back in space, you begin to add just a touch of the green's complement, red, to make the green grayer and grayer and grayer until at the very back distance, the trees have only a bit of green left in them. This will create a sense of distance. Floral painters, your sense of distance may be different than a plein air landscape artist, but that doesn't mean you don't want your viewer to know that this flower is in front of that flower in the back. You could mix your most saturated pigments for those front flowers, but then gray the mixture down as you move towards the background. Remember, you can gray things down by adding its complement, adding white, adding gray, adding black. Even just a little graying down will make a big difference in how your viewer perceives where your flowers are in space. Our third tool in atmospheric perspective is value. Darker colors come forward while lighter colors recede. Think of those hills again. The ones off in the distance are lighter than the ones closest to you. So back to the red marching band uniforms. The ones closest to your viewer would be the darkest and the ones furthest away would be lighter. How much lighter is up to you and your visual goals for your paintings? In watercolor, you can lighten your mixture by adding more water. In acrylic and oil, you can add white, which bonus, white will also cool your mixture. Darker values come forward, lighter values recede. So finally, contrast. This one is a bit outside of the standard three, but I wanted to make sure to talk about it. Objects further away have less contrast than the objects closest to you. Basically, you can't see the details on an object far away, just visually speaking. And so if you want to represent that in your paintings, you do the same thing. If a human being is standing next to you, you can see the color of their eyes, the pores of their skin, how one shoe is untied. But if that same person is standing down the beach a mile, you can't tell any of that. In fact, all you can probably see is their silhouette. So as things get further away, and as they get cooler, less saturated, and lighter in value, all the objects start to look more or less the same color-wise. They lose their contrast from each other. Let's say you are in an apple orchard. Green leaves, red, beautiful apples. The trees closest to you will be very red and very green. But if you're looking at those same stand of trees 30 miles off in the distance, you may barely be able to distinguish color-wise the red from the green because everything will be much lighter, much more neutralized, and much bluer that far back in space. So objects that are very different in colors close up suddenly don't appear so different color-wise further back. Why does this matter? Why does having these atmospheric tools matter? Won't you just see this in the photograph or in the landscape you're looking at? Maybe, but maybe not. And either way, having these tools gives you the ability to play with how your viewer will experience a space. 
So let's try this for those of you not driving. Look out into the space you're in. You're probably not looking over the Grand Canyon right now. You might be in a room, so there might be a chair, a wooden floor, a wall, some shoes. Most of the things that are in the room are pretty close to you. Close enough, in fact, that you can't really see any of the things we just talked about. But if you were creating a painting of this same room, you could still use everything we just talked about to help your viewer have a better sense of what is closer and what is further. Let's say there are two shoes on the ground close to where you're sitting. The shoe closest to you could be just slightly warmer, more saturated and darker than the same shoe sitting just a few feet behind it. It could be subtle, but in your painting, that would help your viewer know that this one is closer than the other. Same with the floor. Let's say it's brown. The wood closest to you, you could paint a warm umber. And then as that floor got further away from you, you could lighten that mixture, blue it just slightly, and gray it down. You have used atmospheric perspective to create more of a sense of depth to your work. So I spoke at the top of the show about how you could use this to help you if something isn't working in your painting. Color is complicated, and so maybe you've painted this beautiful beach scene with the ocean off to the right and with beach walkers on the left. And it's far. It has a big sense of distance in it. But you look at it and something just isn't working and you can't tell what. Start to think through the rules of atmospheric perspective. Ask yourself if the pieces of the painting that are further away are lighter, cooler, and less saturated than the pieces closest to you. Because it's possible that maybe you accidentally made the water off in the distance warmer than the water closer, and that will throw off the eye. Or maybe you painted the children playing off in the distance with much more saturated colors than the adults walking in the foreground. And maybe that doesn't move your eye in the way you want to. So run through the list, ask the questions, and then fix what isn't working. Atmospheric perspective is just another tool to help you create the type of paintings you want to create. So use it as much or as little as you want for the work you want to make. Thank you for joining me this week on the podcast. Head to learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 39 for show notes. If you have a minute before you go, click like and subscribe on your listening app. If you're feeling extra love, leave a review of the show. This helps other artists find the podcast and it makes a huge difference. And finally, if you find this show helping you on your self-taught journey, consider supporting it through Patreon. There are three support tiers starting at basically a cup of fancy coffee a month and you can get early access and bonus conversations. Learn more about Patreon by clicking the Patreon link at learntopaintpodcast.com support. And now a big thank you to everyone supporting over on Patreon. You make this show possible. Thank you to High Gloss supporters Andrew Atterbury, Debbie and Brian Miller, Janet Wheeler, and Rihanna DeRold. Happy painting.